welcome to yet another episode of the Let's Talk Leadership podcast. This is a show where I, Ellie, MD of Transition Partners, and the CEO, Sandra, talk to some of the world's highest achieving business and tech leaders. In each episode, we will be sharing tales, tips, techniques, and war stories in the hope that you will learn from some of these amazing leaders to help you develop and progress your career. So hello and welcome to the Let's Talk Leadership podcast. Today I have the pleasure of having Vivi Himmel on the show, who I first came across last year. Um, as Vivi, you were in the Tech 100 um, stars list, um, Asian, Asian star list 2020, um, which was fantastic. So um, we first had a conversation towards the back end of last year. Um, and um, I was really keen to um, find out more about you, find out more about your business, what you've been up to, your leadership skills, any challenges, learnings that you think others can um, you know, learn from and, and follow in your, your footsteps. So um, Vivi, you um, are currently CEO of um, a business called um, Alto, Alto Vita, um, which I understand is um, an end-to-end solution for modern modern day travellers, but also um, enabling tech within um, the business. And my understanding of the business is a bit limited, but this is why I've got you on the show, because it'd be great to hear more about you, what you do, your business. Um, and, um, and like I said, I'm sure um, everyone will really benefit, the listeners and viewers will really benefit from all the content. So... Hello, Vivi. How are you? Hi, Sandra. Thank you so much for having me. This is such a pleasure. And I'm uh, even happier now because uh, I can see that it's it's such a nice weather outside. So I've got good lighting as well, good moods. Very, very happy to be here. Um, And yeah, so uh, I'd love to talk more about AltaVita. AltaVita is actually a a software provider. Uh, We target the corporate clients, uh, relocation companies uh, who are actually um, accommodating the modern travelers, the next generation of consumers who wanting everything a bit more digital. So um, we found this product market fit uh, within Mm -hmm. uh, the corporate sector. Uh, It is one of the last few um, large sectors that's not yet been digitized uh, of a large size and um, yeah so it's been such an exciting journey and I'd love to share a lot more about it. Yeah fantastic and yeah I saw that about um, ensuring that people have got like travelers have got their act you know kind of the health the lifestyle um, a childcare babysitting all that sort of stuff and I thought and I, I saw that earlier when I was doing a little bit of research and I was like oh sounds like something I might be interested in mm-hmm. <laughs> um fantastic so I always like to start these off with um just setting a little bit of um setting the scene and um a bit of context around um your journey where it all kind of started so I think it'd be really good to tell everyone a bit more about um you know how your career started um what kind of journey you've gone on and how you've got to where you are today sure um yeah, I don't know when it started, but I, I've always been curious about so many different cultures. Uh, so traveling is one thing, but I, I wanted to get uh, down and dirty and into learning um, mm-hmm. one's culture. So I suppose it started when, when I uh, was sent to Australia by, by my parents um, for okay. school at the time. And, and it wow. was in the 90s. And uh, I, I guess at that time, American culture was a bit 
strong. Uh, so I was just curious. So I, I said, I did a lot of research myself uh, in the library and, and I, I sent myself to university in the US. Uh, so I went to Michigan University, um, actually mm-hmm. against my, my, my parents' business at the time, but they were fully supportive. Oh, really? anyway. <laughs> uh, whole family went to, went to Ann Arbor uh, to sort of send me off to college. Um, this was in 2000. Um, right. Yeah, so, so it, it, it started from there and then I got even more curious. Uh, I, I was recruited by Credit Suisse um, during my final mm-hmm. year at university. So I, I had uh, my first job in New York um, as an investment banker. Um, and then I was relocated uh, and promoted a few times. Um, and I moved mm-hmm. from New York to Hong Kong and then to London, which is where I live right now. So I've been here for, wow. for a long time, a uh, long time. I, I really fell in love with, with the UK, with London and the whole culture in, in, in Europe. Um, mm-hmm. But actually, you know, I, I did live quite a few times as well in Shanghai, in Tokyo. I, I'm also I'm into wine, so I, I like to spend a lot of time um, exploring different wine regions in, in France, particularly. Uh, mm-hmm. But so yeah, so, so that started from there, that just basic curiosity of different culture, um, mm-hmm. also anthropology and, and languages. Um, and I spent about eight years of managing, um, you know, hard biology to real estate assets. Um, and I thought, um, I wanted to create something that is a bit more asset light, um, mm-hmm. one that is able to leverage the the large sector, which is real estate, still the single largest asset class you know in the world. You know, anyone's asset class in their personal uh, value is always the largest uh, is real estate, and also one of the biggest spending. So it's a big market, um, and the idea of Altivita came from that just very simple thinking. How can we leverage this large uh, sector, but at the same time, not be exposed to balance sheet? Um, and so we started off, my co-founder and I, we started off uh, actually uh, founding Altavita with a very simple thesis, which is to put quality standards, verify the Airbnb type of apartment. Um, mm-hmm. At that time, you know, uh, the, the sector still very, was, was still very much kind of uh, full of hit and miss experience. I just don't know what to expect. Um, since four years ago until now, the sector has professionalized a lot. There has been uh, many tech-driven but hospitality-centric um, property managers. That's a new breed of uh, hospitality players in this century and that has professionalized the, the sector a lot more. And we partner with them. Um, and mm-hmm. our product market fit really is in the corporate travelers or companies who send their employees uh, for relocation, project assignments, you know, the need to, to stay for a longer period of time. So kind of like extended stay type of, uh, of travel. And with the pandemic and everything else, uh, you know, you are expected to quarantine. Most countries have that rule. Um, and so mm-hmm. they need to, to also cater their lifestyle uh, to be able to provide grocery deliveries when they arrive is becoming a lot more prominent, a lot more important during, during this, this day and age that we live in. Um, and, you know, everyone is expected to work from home. So there's also a, a big trend of um, really being able to provide uh, workspace um, when they first arrive in that new country. Um, and, and, you know, everyone needs to, to be able to maintain their lifestyle as well. So, so we do try to give our clients access to, uh, well, before pandemic, it was more like personal trainers and gyms, but now, you know, it's, it's a lot of the mental health uh, 
access. Yeah, yeah, fantastic. Wow, what a really interesting background. I've got so many, like, listen, I was trying to listen to you talking and in my head, I'm just like, oh my God, I want to ask this or I want to ask this or I want to ask that. Um, fantastic, really interesting. What was, um, I'd, lo- we'll, I'd love to talk about the current business in more detail and, and I guess any like challenges mm. and learnings um, along the way. Obviously, we've all been through a very turbulent and challenging time with the with a pandemic but before we go into that I'm really interested so how did you and why I guess why did you what was the reason that you moved out of banking into hospitality and tech like mm-hmm. it's quite different like well it's it's a, a, a you know a good contrast I guess but um what, what was the reason the shift behind that and also um did you find any challenges making that transition or shift Sure, I, I get uh, this question quite often, actually. Um, <laughs> uh, I mean, I'm very grateful to have gone through um, the, that career as an investment banker. Um, mm-hmm. The training, you know, the ability to, to uh, shape um, different strategy, positioning, help companies fundraise, uh, help companies uh, go through IPO, um, and also looking at uh, strategic um, M&A targets for example mm-hmm. so that that really shaped the way I think um, and and I am very structured uh, you know can be also strategic at the same time which which I, I really really enjoy actually um, but at the same time uh, it's my family everyone in my um, my family is, is, is an entrepreneur my sister my brother my parents uh, I suppose it was it was it kind of evolved to be that way um, yeah Chinese family uh, in Indonesia, um, you know, as a, Chan- as a Chinese uh, Indonesia, there, there's not a lot of job scopes that are available. Uh, so mm-hmm. entrepreneur is quite common. So yeah. I just grew up in that environment, um, the most familiar uh, mm-hmm. for me. Um, yeah. So even when I went to do banking, I thought of it as a training ground more than anything else. It's like mm-hmm. everyone else is doing it um, and it's kind of like a uh, an education progression, in, in my opinion, rather than a, like a job. And yeah. it was kind of like more, some stepping stones for you to ultimately get to, yeah, to where you wanted exactly. to be. Precisely. And it's the learning that I was so attracted to and the exposure, yeah. you know, immediate exposure to large multinational companies all at one go. Um, and, and that kind of, just broadening perspective uh, as a 21 year old it was just exciting <laughs> I do miss that period of time where you just work on the top from Monday to Sunday morning to evening and then you just go and continue yeah, and, yeah, and yeah. still be excited so, so especially I, I really, all that traveling especially all that traveling yeah, as well like you've seen so much of the world Precisely the traveling, the exposure to meet smart people, uh, people you really can learn with. I think so. Then you you begin to in, to think about it as an investment of time for yourself because you're learning mm-hmm. every day. Yeah. Um, so that was the that first uh, career in my life, and and um and at the same time, you know, I love the feeling of building something. Right. Um, so if you work mm-hmm. on a bank, it's great. Um, you know, you work and contribute towards some value proposition for your clients, but it's not something that you have in, you can have uh, kind of like personal uh, signature attached to it. And yeah. that's why I wanted to embark into this um, entrepreneurship journey. Yeah. Okay. Fantastic. So you've been going on that journey for four years now, is it? 
Um, well, yeah, Alta Vita has been around for about four years now. Yes. Four years, okay. Um, how many people have you got now in the business? Um, yeah, so uh, so it's it's a it's a nice, it's quite an interesting journey over the past twelve months. How okay. uh, we had we have evolved from uh, a pan European company uh, to now mm-hmm. a truly global company uh, with open offices in Singapore in Texas. Um, we onboarded uh, new personnel in Singapore um, in very soon um, in Texas as our second personnel. Um, we recorded year-on-year revenue growth of 300% in 2020. Uh, wow. Odds, uh, in, in Fantastic. The- Amazing. I was going <laughs> to ask how, yeah, it was one of my questions. I was going to ask how last year impacted the business. Yeah. And, and um, to answer your questions, how many people do we have now? Well, we had 10 people um, at the beginning okay. of the pandemic. And yeah. then we let go one person. So we went from nine people to actually now about 23 people. Wow, fantastic. So we Amazing. almost tripled um, yeah. in the last 12 months uh, during the toughest period of the mm. travel sector. Yeah, brilliant. And you're busier than ever but at the moment, aren't you? I'm busier than oh, ever. Yeah. And it's... <clears throat> It's, it's great because, you know, um, the, what you do does translate to something concrete and tangible, uh, which is mm-hmm. very satisfying it's, it's for any CEO, founder or entrepreneur. Um, but at the same time, it is tough because we are kind of in this in-between phase where everything is exciting and growing, you know, we're getting new clients. Um, <clears throat> but at the same time, we don't have a full set of management in place yet. So yeah. that is the current challenge at the moment to find uh, champions in different departments so that, um, mm-hmm. you know, we can focus more on the strategic thinking. Uh, it's not like mm-hmm. we can't, you know, I think about it all the time, you know, brainstorm with my co-founder all the time. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, there is a lot of work that we need to, to kind of be hands-on on. And I love being hands-on, but I don't want my limitation or lack of time or you know just availability in general kind of like yeah negatively impact the outcome yeah yeah no I understand you need the the time to put your best skills at use don't you and you know while she loved being hands-on and doing everything it's it's hard isn't it to, yeah. to do it all it's- yeah um so obviously you've come you know you've, you've got a really impressive background you've worked for some major banks you've you know you've worked you've worked your way up to CEO um you have that entrepreneurial flair and um you know it's it sounds like it's in the blood in the family um which is fantastic so what would you say um to others that makes you successful and what advice would you offer um to those that um you know are looking to follow in your footsteps yeah, I think that, um, you know, it, it, to me, it sounds pretty basic. Um, it's just having that grit to, to want to achieve, uh, to want to over-deliver rather than under-achieve. Um, and the other thing which I think, um, you know, what I hear from other people about me is that I am able to turn uh, feedback around into something concrete and positive. Uh, so... Mm-hmm. So that's something I'm very proud of um, because we listen. Um, we listen to clients. We listen to employees. We listen to peers, uh, advisors, investors. And, and we're not going to translate uh, 100% of what, what we receive into 
into everything else, uh, we need to be able to screen as well. But, but I think that ability to just be able to listen feedback and then screen carefully and then implement what we think is strategic is, is very important. Um, and and, and uh, being able to, to see everything positively rather than negatively is also something that I, I try to do all the time as well. So it's, it's not like secret sauce that no one has heard of. It's just determination, mm. grit, perseverance um, in this kind of like continue doing it until, until it works. Um, and and that, that really uh, was, is precisely what any startup founder of uh, the journey they should go through uh, to get mm-hmm. to that product market fit, right? Um, it's really like any research uh, process. You know, if, if you go through a PhD uh, program, for example, it's all about doing the research testing and then see what works and see what doesn't work and then draw that line and make sure that, um, you know, what's working is, is strategically mm-hmm. thought out. So it's nothing, nothing spectacular. It's really just the basics and then just continue doing it well. Yeah. Fantastic. Um, I'd like to pick on one thing that you said there, um, which was great. Um, And probably more from my own personal kind of experiences of of running and and growing a business. Um, And I think it's quite a common, you know, it's it's, particularly for founders, startups and smaller businesses. Um, it's one of those common um, attributes and traits that that you look for when you are hiring and particularly growing, as you said, you're looking to create and structure and, and, and you know, have a solid, strong management team. Mm-hmm. What do you think's given you that grit? Where's that grit come from? And how do you, um, how do you find that in other people from your opinion, your experiences? Mm-hmm. Um, I think that, um, you know, that this term birds of a feather uh, kind of applies here. You, you, um, it is a chemistry, right? It's, it's a little kind of dating in a way. Uh, you attract this similar, you know, you're, you're attracted to people who has the traits that attract you and vice versa. Yeah. I think it's that, you know, um, in, especially in a startup scaling up journey um, a lot of the time um, we are not looking for just employees um, they will be assessing us the founders they will be assessing us yeah. in our thesis um, our traction company like as they would be uh, as an investor mm-hmm. because because they will be uh, they need to buy into the story they need to buy into uh, what we're doing, you know, the disruption mm-hmm. we're going to make in the sector mm-hmm. in order for them to, to want to invest their time, potentially even take a, take a pay cut uh, and have majority of the compensation perhaps in stock options. So, that, so that's, that's how it's, it's rather different um, recruiting in the startup scaling up company versus like a maybe more mature, more established uh, bulge bracket type of company. Yeah, um, in that you are, you know, you the founder actually have to sell pretty hard to the employees, yeah. um, future management team that you think will really drive the business forward. <clears throat> um, yeah, so so there is that, and and uh, and how can we find great talent? I mean, you know, we do we do the the same. We kind of post jobs and then somehow it just kind of becomes in, becomes like a snowballing effect where it's you know the word of mouth is there you know multiple times looking uh I, one of my 
most popular LinkedIn posts is also always about hiring. It's all about mm-hmm. uh, growing the business. So, so yeah. Yeah. Fantastic. Brilliant. Um, and we've, we've along the way we've, we've so far, we have touched on, um, and I'm getting a, a picture, I think of your leadership style um, personally and, and within the business, but it'd be, it'd be good to, um, I guess, talk about, in a bit more detail how that resonates with the rest of the business and your teams and you know how would your how what would you what do you think your if I if I spoke to your teams and asked them what your leadership how they would describe your leadership style what do you think they would what do you think their answer would be um I think that um to be able to work with me they they would need to be self-driven that's for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, if they're not self-driven uh, or are motivated to to see the same vision and goal as me, then there is no fit. It's just as simple as that. Yeah. Uh, it, it, it is not about me telling them what to do. They need to be proactive in having the initiatives. You know, I love to share ideas. My idea is as valuable as their idea. Um, and, and, you know, it should, it should, you know, it's just because I'm the CEO is not, you know, my idea should not be better than theirs. It's not like that at all. I think that having um, kind of a peer to peer review, a peer to peer type of interaction where uh, mm-hmm. we bring the same weight um, into the discussion is, is very important. And that makes them self-motivated. And when they're self-motivated, then it can only be positive. And, and that's a simple, uh, basic type of uh, leadership I want to portray in, into, the t- into the team. Obviously, it's not always like that. It's not always smooth sailing. Uh, it, is yeah. <laughs> it, is, it is a lot of iteration. Um, you know, we, we hire successfully, but there, but there is a few cases where we don't. Mm-hmm. And you just have to kind of like be able to act quickly and, and maybe take the loss so so one of the saying in startup that's very <clears throat> quite it's quite common is um hire slow but fire fast and that is so true yeah. uh, i see this all the time you know we, we try to to hire slow this does not mean that we take a long time to make decisions but it could be staged for example yeah um yeah having the conversation and then maybe uh, do a smaller test, um, you know, a smaller project for a defined scope for a fee and see how, how that personnel actually delivers it. And then maybe after that's done, you know, we go into kind of phases like a part-time position and then um, expand the scope into finally a full-time. And we've done that successfully many times now where the talent actually is so attracted to what we're doing um, and they, kind of voice it themselves. I, you know, I see the vision, I see the market, the market is so huge and, and it, we don't even have to come up with rocket science. You know, we, we just need to be able to strategically and cleverly uh, put together existing technology that is able to solve one particular problem. That is yeah. what we're doing. And it, it, doesn't, it doesn't require any Nobel Prize winners to do this. Um, just yeah. Great continue doing it perseverance and, and determination fantastic brilliant and are there any um you said 
I think you said before that, um, you know, obviously it's a journey. It's, it's, you know, you learn along the way. It's, you don't always get it right. You, you know, you can make mistakes, etc. What would you say, um, I mean, are there any courses that you've done or any read any really good books that you would recommend or mm-hmm. had any kind of like really good bits of advice that's really helped you along the way? Um, to improve leadership skills because I agree I do think that um, becoming a leader and being a great leader and, yeah. and continuing down that path it's a continuous learning journey like it doesn't ever stop yeah um, no absolutely yeah. look um, I think that um, my, my leadership is, is definitely not like holding people accountable for KPIs. Of course, that's important. But I think yeah. what we can do um, as a leader is, is really to show that you care, to show that you genuinely um, wanting to learn, even with from your subordinates. So, yeah. um, you know, we are running a technology company. I'm not from a technology background. Mm-hmm. So in order for me to be able to have a meaningful conversation with my development team, with my CTO, what I did was um, was actually learn a lot of read a lot of books, uh, sign myself up for a few coding courses. Not for me to be able to code because I will never be able to do that. <laughs> <laughs> but just just to get that understanding, right? Uh, to know exactly what goes yeah. on, uh, to speak their language, um, and then to really just connect with them so that together uh, we can create a meaningful product. And and they would appreciate it too because you know they want they want to talk to people. Yeah, we should send them as well. <laughs> so yeah. it's it's well, that also, showing that you care. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Well, I was just thinking that that also you know they'll respect that and they'll you know mm-hmm. it's it they'll feel um, you know like you say like you do care and you've taken that time to you know your own personal time to learn more about what they do um so that you can speak on the same level as well which um which mm-hmm. is fantastic and it's not a very easy um easy thing to do <laughs> no but it's fascinating you write, um, you write a bit of code then I mean look um I did my first two years at university was actually um kind of like engineering because I wanted to, to specialize in chemical engineering. So I did some coding classes, um, courses as yeah. part of the, the requirements. My, my husband is, uh, is, a, is an engineer as well. Um, he, he codes all the time. So I can't code, but I, I think I can understand the basics of the concepts. Um, yeah. Just be able to, to have that kind of meaningful conversation. Yeah. Yeah. No, definitely. Um, fantastic. How, um, other than obviously the things we've discussed um, already with with regards to, um, you know, being open and listening and caring for your teams, um, obviously we've all gone through a very, very difficult 12 to almost 18 months, um, you know, and what do you... Um, what do you feel that you've perhaps done differently or is there anything that you've um that you can share how you've mm-hmm. united your teams and kept your teams motivated and um, particularly I mean I guess you were already to an extent doing that with you having the different you know offices in different locations but I think it would be really really useful for if there's anything that you feel you can add um in that area that might help others mm-hmm. 
Mm, uniting team during tough time. Um, it, it's not easy, and and thankfully we, we've done well. Um, so that's not too difficult to convey. <laughs> um, <laughs> you know, um, but I think that in any situation we we need to de- to be able to analyze the the market, um, <laughs> do some research, educate yourself, and find the opportunity. Um, with or without pandemic, I think. Uh, I th- for me, because my, my mother told me, we taught me to, to always see um, kind of recessions or downturn as opportunity. It's, it's an opportunistic yeah. time to be able to, to find a kind of uh, distressed value, for example, distressed assets um, or mismatch in the supply and demand. Uh, for example, as well. Mm. Um, and, and I suppose uh, what would unite the team together well is to be able to um, share that strategic thinking with them, mm-hmm. um, to, to let them understand why we are doing what we're doing. Because the, you know, the, I mean, at least for me anyway, I, I hate doing anything that's mundane. I need to know the purpose yeah so purpose-driven conversation where you're able to share your views and hear um, other people's views as well um, and then really making that conversation conversation synergistic rather than one-sided yeah yeah no I agree and it's um it's you know it has been a very difficult time and some will say that um I think some feel that this year this this you know third lockdown has been the most difficult um, so I don't think it's you know it's always easy so it's great to hear that you've you know you've you've done that and I think for the people the teams um, being feeling like they're um, you know that their leader can be open but also feeling like they they know what journey they're they're embarking mm-hmm. on and, and you know they're 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 going on that journey with you um is um is fantastic if you can achieve that and, and do that remotely um then you know that's that's fantastic that's brilliant great yeah, to say so, one um, thing i wanted to what? add uh sandra yes is this. um i think the um actually running a startup we're, we're pretty blessed because we have very lean mm-hmm. structure uh one that is flexible and agile um yeah. so as we scale up I would say that one of the main challenges would, would, would be to maintain the agility, right? Uh, the yeah. structure, then obviously you always have to compromise um, the flexibility. Mm. So it, it will be interesting for me actually to, to see how this all pans out because we've definitely benefited from being flexible and agile, definitely during the pandemic. Um, yeah. So it, as, as we mature as a company, um, it will be interesting to, to see how yeah. we can find a compromise balance. I, I agree. I think that um, there's lots of positives that we can all take from the journey that we've been on recently. Um, mm-hmm. And like you say, it's about what is that balance going to look like, um, yeah. which um, which will be interesting um, to see, definitely. Um, fantastic. Are you... Um, what, what, what I think would be really good, because everyone's always... Um, 
interested in um you know what people can do in terms of being involved in the wider community things conferences events I know obviously they're all virtual um at the moment and have been for a while but is there anything that's worth telling the listeners and viewers about that you're involved in you or that you listen to or like even any pod any other podcast anything that you think you know whether it be from a leadership point of view or um, for entrepreneurs, um, anyone that's kind of, one of wanting to grow and develop as an individual be mm-hmm. really useful. Yeah, um, I, I wanted to, to highlight uh, actually that <clears throat> obviously it's very difficult for, for us now because we can't see each other and, and have yeah. uh, a great time together. But but actually, um, it has opened up a whole new world um, for smaller companies, I think, um, because, mm-hmm. you know, the, the fact that we could do any marketing initiatives virtually uh, with a small yeah. budget, you know, the fact that we're speaking right now is, to me, it's, it's fascinating because um, for us, the, one of the reasons why we've done so well is that we were able to launch um, a successful marketing campaign last year with our symposium. So it's a five-day symposium um, that we did virtually. It was very engaging, on unbiased, and, and we had really great feedback from it and even um, got new clients from, from this initiative. And, and this year, uh, we want to launch, um, we're launching actually. Um, yeah. What, what we call the Innovation Summit. Um, it will be the first time ever that we take product development process live with live audience. Wow. So we'll start with, um, you know, there will be four phases. First phase will be crowdsourcing problems from the sectors. Mm-hmm. Um, we'll have five virtual tables, uh, one table representing each continent, by the end of the session, we're hoping that each continent um, will brainstorm, uh, challenge each other, and then submit the most urgent problem they see in the sector. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. From, from, from Ultimate perspective, we're actually investing quite a big time here. We'll be dedicating um, product developers uh, into this, and, and we'll be building prototype to iterate and test. And finally, final, final phase, uh, we'll be doing a five-day event, one hour each day, but going from the U.S. first day, second day, EMEA, APAC, Africa and then ending up in Latin America and actually wow. in everyday local time. Um, wow. It's never been done before, That's... definitely in corporate housing. Uh, and I think that, you know, everyone is very excited about it. It is very much yeah. um, an ecosystem, community building, collaborative marketing mm-hmm. efforts uh, from the sector. Um, and, and my point from all of this is that the pandemic gave us this opportunity to, to be able to tap into the whole world um, virtually. Mm. I mean, it's tough. It's not easy to, to be engaged virtually in, in anything anymore. But no. still, there, there is that um, kind of... It's not uh, as easy to network, is it, when you're not face-to-face? Precisely, precisely. But at the same time, without, without being in the virtual wor- world um, forcefully, this would have never happened. No, yeah, I absolutely agree. Yeah. When we when we first set up the podcast, we we set up a podcast recording room um, studio in the office, uh-huh. and so we would have only had local 
leaders um generally because you know who's got the time to commute for um you know doing things like this which is which is all fantastic it's all great content but um you know doing it virtually it's it's what an hour max out of your out of your day Mm -hmm. that's amazing I'd love to hear more about that when it's all kind of set up and running and I'm happy to share it within our community and network um as well um because that would be fantastic I think that would be something that a lot of um you know a lot of the, the tech community would be really interested in and find valuable yeah that, yeah I would be delighted to do that I will share with you um the link after this podcast cool fantastic brilliant so last question mm-hmm. um which is always quite a nice one to end on what are you I guess probably other than what we just discussed what are you most excited about long term um you know kind of professionally and personally um you know are there any big plans that you have um for the business any big plans personally yeah um lots of big plans uh, mm-hmm. business uh, we're launching our series a fundraise um in the next couple of months or so uh, cool. so so it's it's very exciting because um, everyone is now working towards a certain KPI. Um, uh-huh. Everyone's the team signed off. Uh, you know they're all extremely uh, motivated to deliver that. And, and yeah, we, we 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 you know very I'm personally very excited to share the stories how Altavita has has been built uh, so far and, uh-huh. and and to reach that wider network and we'll be targeting a lot of investors in Europe in the UK. And as well as the US, uh-huh. um, so yeah, so very excited to to really embark on this journey uh, with with the series. A. personally, well, um, I I don't have very high demand now. I just love to be able to to hang out with with friends over uh, on a Saturday evening over mm-hmm. a bottle of wine. <laughs> so, and and if that we then we can do that and maybe travel, maybe visit some wineries. Yeah. <laughs> So yeah, I mean, personally speaking, there's not much that uh, you know in terms of uh, level of expectation. Yeah, I think I think we've all been in, but all been in some sort of lockdown or um, situation that we just don't really have that many expectations for ourselves anymore. Exactly. (laughs) From a personal point of view. Oh, fantastic. Um, It's been really, really, um, it's been a pleasure to have you on um, the show. Um, It's been really interesting, really excited um, about the rest of your journey. Um, And it'd be great to to keep in touch. If if anyone's got any um, questions or want to reach out to you directly, um, what's the best way for them to contact you? Yeah, LinkedIn. Um, I'm actually pretty active on LinkedIn. So okay. feel free Perfect. to contact me uh, there. Um, and yeah, I, I try my best to answer it. And I, I'm also an angel investor. So if anyone has a great idea or you know has proven some traction um, with EIS or SEIS opportunities, I'd love to hear it. Yeah, fantastic. Brilliant. I'll make a note of that when we release the um, podcast as well on um, LinkedIn. Brilliant. That's great. Well, thank you very much for your time. We would like to thank all of our listeners for tuning in. It means a lot to us and we really appreciate your support.